these three readings today uh, kind of take us on a, a, a journey of what's happening to these young people. Um, the first reading from Paul's letter to the Galatians speaks specifically about baptism. But, but there's a lot of things that happen with baptism that we have to understand. First of all, um, there's the symbolism of the water. And, uh, you know, right now we're all breathing and we know we have to breathe. Oxygen is the number one most important thing for us to have just to stay alive. Cut off oxygen for five minutes and we're gone if we even last that long. But second is water. Um, more important than food is water. We can dehydrate and die easily. Uh, there's a certain percentage in every cell that has to have the water. So uh, water is a great symbol um, of life, but it's also a symbol of death. Is, how many people here cannot swim? Okay, no shame, no shame, okay. Well, let me tell you what is not funny. Even though 20 people might be doing it and thinking it's funny, is there's a pool in the yard and there's a big party going on and uh, somebody who said they can swim, cannot swim, hand. Okay, so we grab you and we take your arms and legs and we run over the pool and say, ha, 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 let's throw in the deep end. One, two, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Oh my God, OMG, I'm going to die. And even though you know your friends aren't going to kill you, that's what you would panic and feel. Oh my God, I can't swim. That's the symbol we use. And although we have to do it sparingly today, just because of our situation, the best way would be if there were actually a pool there and we could dunk you all the way under because it would symbolize dying. Not that we would want your body to die, but we want in your spirit the things that can lead you to sin and to misery in your life to die. You, you'll see it when we do our uh, promises of baptism. I'll ask you, do you renounce sin? Do you re renounce Satan and all his works? And you're going to say, I do, I do. I renounce sin. I want to die to sin so that sin cannot enslave me and control my life and ruin my life. And then when you come out of the water, very much alive, the symbol is the new life of grace, the new life with Christ. And this is how powerful it is. Listen to what Rocio read. She said, all baptized in Christ, you have clothed yourself in Christ. You've, you've put on like a new garment, and, and it's Christ. And it says this, and there are no more distinctions between Jew and Greek, slave and free, male and female. You're all one in Christ. This is a powerful thing that we're saying today. Now, you've all already been loved by God every moment that you've been alive, even before you were alive. But this is a, something different. By celebrating the sacrament of baptism, we're welcoming you, initiating you, and welcoming you into church so that you belong to us and we belong to you, that we're brothers and sisters, all of us, all of us. That's the great moment that we're celebrating. In the second reading, it's a reflection on the Eucharist. And in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, and in the language is really important, listen to what he says, For I have received from the Lord what I also hand on to you. Paul's talking about, I've been doing something, and now I want to share it with you, give it to you. And it's this, 
On the night before Jesus died, he took bread and he said, this is my body, eat it. He took a cup of wine and said, this is my blood, drink it. Whenever you do this, do it in memory of me. It'll wash you of sin. So here, 2,000 years later, we're still doing it. Can you imagine the number of times that people have shared the Eucharist? In my own life, I'm 70. I received my first communion when I was seven years old. That means 63 years I've been receiving Christ, the bread of life. Eating and drinking, well, not drinking because that came only about 20 years ago, something like that. Well, 40 years ago. But um, sharing the Eucharist, sharing Christ. And why would Jesus want to come to us deep into us as food? It's obvious. Without food, you can't live. Food brings nutrition. Food is life. Good food makes you happy. And what are we eating? The presence of Christ. He's saying, I want to get into your heart. Well, how better to do it than by symbolically saying, I know, I'll be your food. Eat me. Eat the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Eat me and you will have my life in you. And today you get to do that for the first time and hopefully we'll do it thousands and thousands of times like most of us have done. But in order for this to really work powerfully in your life, something has to change or become stronger in you if it already has changed. And this is it in the gospel. Here's the scene. Jesus was maybe at a house or in a group like this and the kids were coming up to touch him. Now, I, I have my long sleeves on, but when I was younger, I had darker hair, and my arms were really hairy. And, and, and even now, sometimes if I'm at a house and there's a little kid, you know, three or four or five, they get fascinated sometimes by somebody with a lot of hair. Um, a lot of, lot of Latino men are, are kind of hairless, you know, on their arms and all. But, but I had a lot. So sometimes I'd be sitting there and I wouldn't see it even out of the corner of my eye. A little kid would come up and start pulling the hair on my arms. They just, they're fascinated by it. They're like, what's that? I've never seen that. So uh, that's what they must have been doing to Jesus, touching him, pulling his hair, just, just touching him. Because he, here the great teacher, everybody's listening to him. And so they're fascinated. That's what little kids are, fascinated. So they went up to touch him and the apostles did what maybe your parents might do. If your little brother or sister came up, pull the hair on my arms, leave father alone. Get away. Don't bother father. Don't bother him. So that's what they started saying. And uh, one, of the, one of you who are being um, confirmed and baptized, does anyone know what this word means? It says, Jesus saw this. He was indignant. Does anyone know? Just one of the kids know what indignant means. Don't be afraid. He got angry. He wasn't just bothered. He wasn't just, uh, you know, say, oh, no, no, don't make a fuss. He said, let the children come to me. How dare you? But then he did this, and this is the great moment. Not only did he say, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. Then he taught them this. He said, in fact, let me tell you something, adults. Unless you adults become like these little children, you can't even get into the kingdom of heaven. What on earth was he saying? How does an adult become like a child? And it's simply this. Little children until about age five trust mommy and daddy 100%. They may not like everything they say, especially when they say no to them or you can't have that. 
They may cry and get mad and say, Mommy, I hate you. They may say that. They don't. But they believe mommy and daddy because little children are so dependent upon them. They came out of their mother's womb and then they, they, they depended upon that mother or father changing diapers and washing them and cleaning them and feeding them, giving something to drink and picking them up when they were sad or crying or hurt or whatever. They trust them like they trust God. And so Jesus was saying, you adults, if you don't become like little children in your relationship with God and with me. Trust me. When I say things like this, Jesus doesn't say all this, but he could have said, when I say things like this, you've heard it said you shall not kill, but what I tell you is love your enemies. What? It didn't say like them, love them. That means you want good for them. You want them to be blessed by God. You want them to change a bad life into a good life. To love them is to not hate. To love them is to not wish bad upon them. And why is that so important? I think Jesus, the great teacher, knew some things about human life. When we walk through life and won't forgive somebody, something changes in us. There's an ugliness that happens in us. When we walk through life and we won't forgive our brother or sister because they hurt us five years ago, oh my God, there's something dead inside. Now, I'm not saying forgiveness is easy. It's hard. Jesus said, knows that when, when, when we don't forgive and when we carry hatred, something kind of dies inside us. And so he said, you got to love your enemy. Pray for them. Bless them. Ask God to give them goodness. Jesus is saying, we need to be like little children with our mommy and daddy in relationship to our Father in heaven and Jesus himself. And when Jesus says something, that we would say something like this, Jesus, I know it's tough, but if you say it, I'm going to try to do it. I'm going to try to do it. That's what you're being baptized into today. And that's what's being confirmed in you, a desire to really follow Jesus to really let him be the teacher, the Lord of your life. And if that happens, I guarantee you, you will discover new life. It will be rich and wonderful, and it will get you through awful moments in life, and we're all going to have awful moments. Today, we want to welcome you because this is a great moment of newness of life as you are coming forward to be baptized in Christ.